Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask does not Make sure you adjust your own mask before helping others. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holy Loopy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. On today's episode, we are talking about some depressing ass shit. <laughs> it's always depressing, talking about rape and rape culture and everything. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. This is just the topic of today. But let's not get depressed too early. I know that I already did that, <laughs> and I apologize. Hopefully, we're we gonna make this, this fun today, as fun as we can, as fun as we can. And as you can hear, Demi's back. Hey. <laughs> so, if you do not remember, Demi is the host of the um, oh, Hookup Horror Story podcast. I'm all off. I'm. T- <laughs> you got it. Just did this. Jimmy, <laughs> what are the other things that you're doing? Like your blog, your uh the works that you have. Just let everybody know the great things about you while I get myself together over here. Sure. Um <laughs> I'm a sex writer and uh, educator, so I'm also a content creator. I have two blogs, The Deviant Diaries, which is my personal memoirs about my sexual history and all the sh- fun shenanigans I've ever gotten into. Plus I have um, a deviant's guide to sex, which is my kind of how to guide of like sex and dating and all kinds of things in between. And then I also, um, I'm an author. I have, I have two, I didn't mention this on the last one, but I have two books of poetry that I've, I've self-published. Um, uh, a, a, what are they called? <laughs> Bitter blue pill and uh, always nothing in the time of champions. Both are available on Amazon. And um, yeah, I'm just a content creator. I I make a lot of, I just talk about sex all the time. It's kind of all I do these days. How dare you talk about sex? That is so disgusting. Oh my God. Like, I would never be caught talking about that kind of stuff. Me me neither. I'm a log cabin Republican. I should not have left. (laughs) I should not have left. I respect your political. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the lies, Lord, the lies. (laughs) Oh, and I don't think I even mentioned this last episode, but everyone, if you don't know this by now, all the great and juicy information will be in the show notes, like how to follow him, how to support him, how to, you know, engage with his work. So just look in the show notes. It will be there for you. Um, oh, in the other episode, I probably should have mentioned that I'm going to add the Polaris Project and also the Leo Grant like, movie in the show notes yeah. for people. But, you know, it is what it is. If you don't know about the last episode, go listen to it. It's Write it down. Long. Yes. Save it for later. Yeah. Save it for later. So let's get into the topic of rape culture. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about uh, in our in, in the intake meeting was just the importance of advocacy. So what is, why is advocacy important to you and why should people continuously um, make that fight to have a better tomorrow in a right. sense? Well, so this has just been one of those topics that has always been really important to me i grew up in a domestic violence household there wasn't really like you know rape involved but there was violence um i myself was a victim at one point um i managed to get out of it luckily so it's just been one of those things to me that is really important and especially when it comes to like taking care of victims 
and um, speaking with people and educating others on the subject. So it's it's really just kind of like one of those things that it's it's really a passion of mine. Mm. You know, <clears throat> a part of like one of the things I've I've, I've said this to a few people. I don't talk about it often enough, but I truly do believe that um, sex education or even just talking about sex in a healthy way and just having these conversations is always a political thing because the more that you talk about it, the more that you educate people about it, most definitely if you're just talking about consent, you're, you're, you're always going to be engaging in some kind of political talk because uh, when you're talking about um, the importance of autonomy and what that means for like your day-to-day -day life, having choice in what you do, what you say, and how you have your lived experience on this planet while you're here, it will always contradict something that we've always been taught that, oh, you have to work this job, you have to follow this one trend, you have to do this one thing, or you have to allow people to have their rights restricted because you're good, you're privileged, you, you're, it's fine for you to do that. Um, these other people are outside of the norm, so we need to push them out. So um, talking about sex and engaging in these conversations in a way is always going to be uh, linked to some type of advocacy because it is taboo, because it is something that we shy away from. Uh, even when it comes to educating people about uh, sexuality, uh, once you know more about how you can express yourself, uh, once you uh, can understand that other people uh, have sex different from you, and that is perfectly fine, that re uh, releases a hole that many societal messages have had on you or have had in those circles that you were in. And now you're talking to your friends about, hey, 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 it's okay for that person to do that. It's okay for them to be gay. Like, why do you have, why do you feel some type of way about that? Let's talk about this friend, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. It's interesting because, so here's, here's my kind of philosophy on the subject. Mm -hmm. So evil thrives in darkness. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that make this a political thing and I wouldn't say people like us make it a political thing because it's just kind of a normal thing for us to talk about, to have these discussions and to educate others on. But there's people in the world who believe that conservative values are key and conservative key. And but here's the thing is when you try to control people and you try to keep information from people that keeps them in the dark about the, the true terrors of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's where this stuff kind of lies. It, it, I'm not saying all conservative people are this, but they help facilitate. There's people, definitely people, liberal people who are, are definitely like, you know, victims and, and um, perpetrators, but it's one of those things where you keep people from the information that they desperately need in order to navigate these difficult situations. That's how these things get out of hand. That's how mm -hmm. they, thrive that's how they permeate into ever, other places in the world you know it's it's one of those things where you, you just keep people from the information that they desperately need that's why it's so important to educate others mm. yeah um i think that's the thing i love about being in education um is like the thing that I used to hate the most is whenever a student would come to me and say, oh, I would never use this in the real world. Or why do I have to take all of these certain um, classes that don't mean anything in terms of my major? And I'm like, you never understand, you will never know exactly how that material that you're learning can benefit you regardless of what your major is. And that was mm -hmm. something that I learned early on in my, um, <clears throat> when I was earning my uh, undergrad degree, it was that okay, I'm in this history class, and I really do love psychology. Um, it was actually English history class, so it was completely irrelevant in a way, but I was able to tie in the things that were going on in uh, within the psychology realm with the English history, which got me into uh, wanting to explore narratives a little bit more and right. um, figure out how those impact our psychology, how those impact uh, our upbringing and everything like that. And lo and behold, that brought me to where I'm at today and learning more about scripting theory, because that is something, learning more about narrative therapy, because I made the decision to combine two completely different subjects into one thing to see how that can manifest into something beautiful or something new or something that relates to what I have goals for. And I think 
that's something that a lot of people tend to miss out on um, because of the information that we're um, that's kept from us. Just imagine the inventive things people can do in terms of their own personal sex lives if they just knew about more things on the kink spe spectrum. Like mm -hmm. one of the things I really want to do is learn, well, see how, you know, the rose, the, the um, clitoral vibrator. That oh, yeah, yeah. Thing. I really want to see how that uh, can be used for nipple play. Like I'm literally purchasing one just so I can explore nipple play. Oh, I'm sure. Great. Right. Like, great. <laughs> I have no feeling in my nipples because I've had them pierced multiple times. So I, it's not going to help me. <laughs> for those that it would. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So those kind of things, like whenever you're uh, aware of all the diverse things out here, you just there's so much beauty like in even within conservative um viewpoints like there you can find beauty in there but the way that the narrative is now there's a whole lot of shit in that pool so once you sift through the shit you might find a diamond okay <laughs> and we could talk about how the bible is one of the most pornographic books ever oh my ever god created. oh my bestiality incest matricide infanticide you name it it's disgusting so yeah i learned that from a friend actually she was like there was i forget was it the it's a book of somebody i think it was samuel or psalm um no solomon the book of solomon she was like yeah all of this is sex and i was like bitch mm -hmm. what <laughs> it's all sex and that's why they they're so hung up on it is because that's ingrained in their mind themselves because that's all the information they really keep is in that damn book because they don't have space for anything else. You know, that's literally all they have. So again, that's the danger of this is like when you have such a limited worldview, you don't know how to navigate uncharted territory. Mm. It's like being afraid of tomorrow. Exactly. You're, <laughs> you're literally being afraid of the world, you know, and it's like, we're here. God made us all. You can't mm. say that God created one thing and make and say, no, 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 you're, you're, you're a, a mistake, you know, like, no, that doesn't, doesn't fucking make sense. That's so boring too. Like, I'm the God I know anyways. Like whenever I think, have you read the book, The Giver? I've read The Giving Tree. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a good book. Oh, the, um, the old man. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Long time ago, like third, fourth grade. The thing that I, I enjoyed the book, but that that society seemed so very boring to me. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they had different activities that they can um, participate in. But once you have one role and you're in that role throughout the rest of your life, and it's yeah. only a select things that you can um, choose from. However, the little kid who, you know, were to receive all the messages his role sounded actually pretty fun without mm -hmm. the pain because I, i'm sorry if you if i have not experienced pain ever in my life and you just introduced me to a broken ankle bitch what the fuck is wrong with you mm -hmm. I, I understand they have to do it but anyways that that's what i think of whenever i hear of people wanting to push that uh everyone needs to be a, be the same it's just monotonous and monot monotony is that's good. fascism baby <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know, this is the land of the free we're supposed to like really celebrate our individuality we're supposed to celebrate all the different things that that we are because we are the most culturally vibrant melting pot of people but people still and, and they're just so radical these days i can't deal with yeah. it yeah and whew, and that's radical on all sides and it's just annoying i agree i completely agree <laughs> it's just like can we have it's, a conversation radical everywhere we need to <laughs> fucking reel it in bring it to the middle and chill the fuck out but for real like i've experienced people who are just like how dare you do i'm like oh child why are you upset why but you can't have actual discussions with people on either side that number one because social media is so limited in how we actually communicate with each other mm. but also like people just blow things out of proportion because they're complete strangers on the internet. People say that those heinous things to strangers on the internet. It's like, why? <laughs> God, I remember I had an argument with somebody uh, and he, I told him that I was an educator and he was like, I will hate for my students to ever have, uh, have you as an educator. And I was like, well, 
I, you will probably benefit if they were one of my students because Right. all my students graduate. So, and also most, most of my students were college students. And again, all of them graduated. So Yeah. <laughs> again, That's a good comeback. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can go homeschool a little rusty and fucking see how he turns out. right. But, mm. Anyways, back to the conversation. I love Right. tangents. <laughs> I love tangents for this reason. <laughs> now, so um, part of our conversation earlier on was uh, how porn is fantasy and it is not real sex. And some people have issues with breaking that down. Um, so I, I think about whenever... Because we were talking about real sex uh, at the time, Mm -hmm. and I, because I love that show, and I need HBO to just put that on HBO Max. Like, people are paying for HBO Max. Put the shit on there, okay, HBO? I, I need to write them again. Um, put that on. Put it on there. yeah why is it not Right, right. Like, you have all the dicks on there. Like, I don't care about Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm tired of seeing... dicks on dicks on dicks on game of thrones can i watch real sex please Right. so uh, but anyways when it comes to because uh, i know part of that was uh, whenever i because i was talk, re reflecting on whenever i do watch porn i do get uncomfortable uh, watching some of those things because of the way porn is shot it's Right. um you can have those scenes that are very forceful and one of the things that i'm doing research on is just how um, rape culture is kind of normalized in porn. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. You can have those scenes that are very forceful. And one of the things that I'm doing research on is just how um, rape culture is kind of normalized in porn when it comes to... Um, when a dude is fucking some woman and she's like oh no stop 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 in this in a, a sexual way and to make it uh seem as though when you hear stop it's sexy so you can keep Right. going or when you hear no or oh my god and all this other stuff it, you can keep going because they're enjoying it rather than just stopping when the person says ouch or stop Yeah. so people are being taught in a way that this is what you're supposed to do during sex but don't recognize that this is only for a scene this is only for show rather than this is how you should be experiencing your partner's body during an actual sexual encounter Right. Well, like kids these days, like, you know, we're all millennials. We, we came of age during the time of when the internet was just beginning, you know, so porn was kind of everywhere. I remember downloading JPEGs of fucking Jessica Alba, like that took like 45 minutes to download because I was a little bit bi curious back then. Yes, But, Jessica. um, <laughs> she's gorgeous. Um, but like I, the kids these days get all their information from porn. They get all their sex ed from porn because all they really teach us in, in school is what, how to put a condom on. That's not it. You know, there's so much more in there, just in interpersonal stuff and all that stuff. But what, what porn actually is, is it's exaggerated. It's just acting, you know, a high percentage of pornography is actually considered rape themed, but of this 95% is directed directly at women and girls. So kids absorb all this information and guys in particular absorb this information and think that that's how you have sex with a girl. And that's not, that's not the case. You have to kind of like teach kids 
earlier on that they have to understand the difference. Mm. So to the parents out there, my question to you is, are you able to have that conversation with your kids? If not, are you willing to find the resources to allow you to have that conversation with your kids? Or are you willing to allow the school system to have the conversation with your kids with comprehensive education, uh, comprehensive sex education? And that's the thing. A lot of these new laws and stuff actually limit what's actually taught in schools. So even what limited information that we get taught in schools is even becoming even more limited. So yes. with these new bills and stuff, these kind of like anti-LGBT stuff that's happening, it's it's getting crazy. Like we can't actually have these conversations anymore with people. Like you have to kind of you have to kind of fight, man. It sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the craziest thing about that is that it's very much legal, like with the Florida law, like the uh, don't say gay bill is very legal on a federal level for them to remove everything dealing with LGBTQ issues because of the federal law as it relates to sex education, because it only permits um, absence only sex education and including safer sex options within that. And you, the sex ed- You get nothing with that. You get nothing with that. I am living proof. I had a promise ring when I was 16 years old. Did that fucking, 15 years old, sorry, 14. 14. Um, I, (laughs) I had a promise ring that shit did not work clearly. Like I (laughs) had sex one time I was sucking dicks in a, in a baseball field. Like it was (laughs) like, but but again, I put myself in these situations because I didn't know any better, you know? And that's what, that's why I am very fearful of our youth. And I'm fortunate enough that my uh, younger cousins are comfortable enough to ask me these questions, even though I tell them, hey, talk to your mom or your dad first. And if they're not willing to answer, because I know like my aunt, she doesn't care. And to their dad, fuck him. It's not really fuck him. He's a cool dude, but still fuck him. Um, but at least. Yeah, fuck dads, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> fuck all dads. I have a Every history of that. <laughs> but like. Uh, Just kidding. To, right. <laughs> not um, all dads. <laughs> some are very amazing. I have an amazing dad. I love that man. Um, when it comes to like any questions that he may have um willing to uh, answer some of those questions and point him in the direction of finding the actual answers himself too uh, because i don't want my relatives my young relatives to be as blind as i was when i was exploring who i who i am right. what sexuality is and all of that and even on top of that, just the, the amount of adults that I've met who just don't even know the bare minimums of who they are as a sexual being. Mm-hmm. Like they cannot articulate what they want during sex or what they need during sex. They don't have a concept of uh, understanding, respecting other people's boundaries as well. And it's like, I don't have it in me to constantly teach adults uh, what sex what their sex is supposed to be, uh, look like or how they can approach other people on a sexual level because that's that's time consuming like just get the information we got a life uh, too we, we got all day right like when i tell <laughs> you i've started questions for 24 hours a day goddamn i've started to send people to my podcast literally i'm like oh well you don't know this here's an episode listen just this, listen yeah. to that like because i'm not i'm not going to be your teacher most definitely yeah. if you're not going to pay me for this so we're not doing that exactly (laughs) all we're doing is just trying to get give people the the ammunition that they need to make better informed decisions with their own sex lives yes that part um this going back to comprehensive sex ed uh, and also some of the media that we consumed as children as i mentioned i was like huge on real sex when i was young and that helped me learn a good bit of uh how diverse sexuality can be uh, mm-hmm. i remember episodes where there was a straight man who um loved wearing women's clothing to engage with his partner at first his partner she was uncomfortable with it but after they had the conversation conversations and i think 
I don't know if they went to a therapist or not, but they had the conversations about it and she grew more comfortable with it and recognized that this is just a part of who he is and loved that. Um, Seeing how even Black couples on that show were very open about uh, how they like to have sex with each other. Uh, It was where I learned more about the history of uh, like the Greeks. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Sounds oh, the Greeks are freaks, man. They're as hell. Like, nasty. like whoa, y'all doing too much. Nasty. <laughs> Romans, too. Damn, they were nasty. Nasty hoes. But we love it for y'all. Like, just even learning, like, even the uh, stuff that, like, in media that you will see about Spartans. And I'm like, Oh, to know that some of these men were having sex with sex with each other. <laughs> okay. They were all fucking. They were all fucking because it was culturally okay to have a wife and also to fuck dudes on the side. It was completely okay. And a lot of like the philosophers of the day had like, you know, younger male cohorts that they, you know, clearly, you know, number one, they learn from them. Yes. But they also definitely had sex with them too. So it's right. But again, this is a completely different culture, completely different world that they grew up in and that they lived in than the one that we live in now. Exactly. What were some of the media that you consumed when you, when you were a child related to sex? So I was a Loveline fan. I listened to Loveline every single night dr drew adam carolla i was like a big radio person i would hide in my closet at my grandparents house and like call in sometimes when i asked had to ask a question about whatever like wet dreams or whatever (laughs) (laughs) so like i was like always like i i i I love this because it was it was naughty first of all and it was funny but it was also like really important information Mm -hmm. and i also remember dr sue johansson i don't know if you like remember this girl at all She's an older woman, probably like in her 80s, but she was a sex educator and she was on TV. Mm. She, I just vividly remember her like teaching how to put on condoms, like on a dildo, like on television. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was all over the place. Yeah. She was, she was great. But also, I, all about her. I, I remember also a lot of the times, and I've, I've written a story about this about Skinamax. Did you ever have Skinamax (laughs) in your house? We did not have it, but I heard of it. (laughs) Yeah, my grandparents had a black box, like they had bootleg cable. And they, um, thanks to my dad. And (laughs) so like at 10 o'clock every night, there was like one particular channel that would just like immediately flip and then turn into like porn. And we were watching TV one night and watching like my dog Skip, my cousin reminded me. And um, we're watching my dog skip. And all of a sudden the grandfather clock went off. It was 10 o'clock and the TV channel changed. And it was just some dude and some lady fucking like, oh. <laughs> so grandma and grandpa were like freaking out. They had to change the channel real fast. They said, all right, bedtime. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so That's I was hilarious. kind of taught because of this. Like I had a very kind of complicated, like sex was all, but then my grandpa also had playboys like in his bath in his bathroom. So like I was, uh, one on one side it was like a very private thing that you did and then at the same time it was also a very shameful thing but then also behind the scenes is like where people like were talking about it mm. i had all this weird information from everywhere but sex in the media in particular is like it's all over the place first of all like it's very accessible you have billboards that have you know tits and ass all over it mm. and then you have but then you have like you know love stories you have very romantic stuff or you have very violent things in movies so it's kind of hard to gauge what sex really is. It's hard to navigate whatever these topics are because we have such a very complicated relationship with it. But mm-hmm. talking about this stuff and talking about how we learned about it is it really opens up the conversations to like bigger things. Yeah. Um, another show I really hope that they bring back is Undressed. Um that was something that I watched. I think this was going towards my preteen era. Uh, and it used to come on MTV. And it I, it, it was kind of like the American version of Degrassi, but okay. a lot more sexual. And in, in, in it's not really about teenagers. More I had such a on crush my... on Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Marco was kind of cute. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> 
<laughs> Marco was Bay. Um, mine was Jimmy for a little, a little bit of time, and then I, <laughs> I let that one go when Marco came on the scene, and then like Marco and um, Paige's brother started dating. I was like, oh, this is so cute. Let's let's keep that going. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, now now I'm going deep into the, the grassy, but that's another. That was another good show that actually yeah. taught about sexual health. That's where I learned about STIs that my school didn't cover uh, about how easily it can be um, transmitted and how, oh yeah, you can have an outbreak at school <laughs> and things like that. There is a really great show and, I, and I'm sure your listeners are probably familiar um, already because it's such a fantastic show. It's like, it, it's called Sex Education. It's on Netflix. It's such a good show. Oh, so like, good. Gillian Anderson is so good in it and it really it normalizes being openly queer and gay and just has like really deep, meaningful gay sex conversations. Um, I remember the one part where they're teaching how to douche like (laughs) (laughs) but it's such a well-written show. It opens up so many great conversations. And I'm so glad that kids these days have a show like that, that they can actually watch in order to get information somewhat under the table it's not like mm-hmm. overtly in your face but it's like it's there you know it's sex education yeah, so it's yeah. very well written show and i'm very happy that kids these have something like that i agree by any chance do you miss uh when television had that switch where it just immediately went towards like porn or something like that no <laughs> what i they made very uncomfortable situations with my grandparents okay that's 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 <laughs> A, a, a valid point there <laughs> it's a very valid my grandma point. spilled her martini all over me <laughs> <laughs> the time for time for bed time gotta for go bed. <laughs> <laughs> like i i think it's just the nostalgia of real sex that makes me miss it so much um in a way, knowing that you're getting away with something that your parents don't know is going on, like you're watching stuff on HBO. Uh, oh, I also miss the BET after. I just miss a lot of After Dark um, series. Oh, yeah. We need to bring that back in a different capacity. Like, can we just have like a streaming service that's all like After Dark? <laughs> yeah. It would be so much fun. Um, and make sure it's a, a, a a child protection lock on it so that the parents don't have to worry about it but then again these kids are smart as hell so <laughs> if you have kids, kids don't. here's the thing about kids kids want to know shit mm. kids want to know because they're very curious they they want to know what's going on in the world mm. you know and when we limit them we're doing them a disservice we are because you find the answers in the worst places sometimes I got lucky with like with my family. Like, yes, I got kind of like a weird conservative thing on one side, but my mom on on my on my mom or my mom in particular, the my mom's side of the family was always pretty open with me. So I was able to have conversations. To this day, we were talking a conversation the other day about like her and her new boyfriend. Oh, which, which I will say, I think I reached a threshold at that point. I'm like, oh. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> it's time for me to go. I'm just going to pack up everything. Is this my water? That looks like my water. I'm just going to grab this. Thank you so much. Is that my case? There, there we go. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> it's because of this, like, that I'm able to have these conversations with my mom. I'm very thankful for it. That's good. Well, I'm happy for y'all. <laughs> so another thing that we were talking about was ongoing consent. Uh, it was referenced in the uh, our last episode together too. So um, when it comes to consent and just ongoing consent in general, that's just for those who need some little bit of context. Uh, con- context there is just. Mm-hmm. Being having those conversations with your partner or even yourself sometimes mm-hmm. of what you're comfortable with and yes this is fine this is not fine so what what how how impactful is ongoing consent for you I mean, it's it's the most it's the most thing so it's I I will say it's not the easiest thing to put in, into practice but I, I I think that once you kind of like have an understanding of who a person is and how your kind of relationship is it's kind of easier to navigate mm-hmm. um but cuz that isn't a one time deal like yes you have to have those conversations prior like what are you into I hate that question by the way it's very vague and very people don't, vague. Really, don't really know what what the answer um so it's like what are your kinks what are what are your interests like those are better questions to ask 
Um, so yeah, you have to do like that, that pre-work, I think with consent to kind of like understand where a person's at, what their, what their things are. And also while you're actually engaging in it as well, making sure that it's ongoing. So asking just a simple phrase, is this okay? Mm. Perfect. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It's, it's just, you know, I, it, it's those moments that I've, I've been having sex with people and they ask me that I'm like, Oh, it made it so much better, you know, cause it, it made me feel like I'm being taken care of. Right. Oh my gosh. People just, I, I remember having sex with somebody and they were just like, is everything great? And I was just like, yes. yes. Like, ah, because you, gay you people, care. we are so broken. Right. <laughs> just, just the mere suggestion that someone cares about us <laughs> is like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Where were you all this time? <laughs> oh yeah, everything's great. Go deeper, you know. Like, <laughs> like do you want to choke me too? Like, like I actually had a, a workshop. Slap a work my shot. ass while you're at it. You know, it's it just makes it so much better. It does. I had a workshop, and uh, with it, I was help, uh, telling people about how you can check in with your partner on uh, like while having sex and still keep it sexy because it is a sexy moment. It it, it makes makes you even more comfortable to engage deeper with this person you're not on guard you're not um thinking about okay what if they go too far or what if i have to stop things or maybe if you are still comfortable with the person you're just like okay let me try to get out of my head as much as possible but when you do have somebody that does check in with you you like I find myself getting more and more out of my head. I find myself um, being more in the moment. And whenever they do check in, I'm grounded for a second so I can respond. And then I'll go back out and I enjoy everything that's happening to me. And I enjoy everything that I'm experiencing with this person because of the comfort that we have. Exactly. Um, and it's just that's a rare find and that's the that's the issue like even uh, like when you said the having that question about what are you into how that's so vague it really stood out to me because I also hate that question I always have to ask somebody are you speaking generally what I'm into or are you talking about sexually and then when it comes to sexually I have my typical response I'm into a lot of things but give them um, the general sexual interest and then also let them know I'm also open to exploring more based off of how our chemistry is and how comfortable I am with the person because if I don't have that comfort level with you and I don't have that feeling of wanting to engage more is not going to come to you um, because I need to uh, make sure that the space that I'm walking into or uh, the person who's coming over to me uh, to me has a similar uh, mentality of knowing that there's going to be mutual respect and understanding that mutual pleasure is a requirement when engaging with me. If that's right. something that you don't have, then I, I don't want to meet up. I don't want to right. engage in sex with you because what am I getting out of this? And I often don't think of sex in a transactional way, but when it comes to pleasure, oh my, no, I need that to be mutual. Yeah, completely. It's just really interesting how people like, it's like, why do you need another body to masturbate with? think about that because like when when you are <laughs> you're masturbating with another human like when when you approach it the way that you were suggest you were talking about just now it's like you're not really there with the other person you're there for yourself mm -hmm. you know you might as well just be at home with your hand like exactly that's the point exactly like just jack off and be great <laughs> and be happy um like I sure jack off and be great. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title. There we go. <laughs> and I'm going to put out the shirt. Um, but like for real, like what's what's the purpose? Um, if we're if I'm not going to be just some like I know there's some people who enjoy being objectified. I'm not that person. Find them. Uh, right. I'm not just a whole. I'm not just something that you fuck. I'm something that you experience. So if right. you're not coming over here to experience me, then why are you trying to come over? I'm a whole ass vibe, man. You can't 
Listen, yeah. <laughs> you, <cannot>. like, <laughs> you could never. <laughs> like I, I tell one person, I'm in the business of changing lives. If the, if you're not trying to have your life changed, you don't want to be over here with me. <laughs> Just continue on your way. <laughs> so, the last topic of the show, um, we were talking about. Um, rape culture and just how it is connected in the law and uh, many people don't really um, know how in, embedded rape culture is most definitely when it comes to the practice of law some don't even know that victim blaming itself is the essence of how we uh, most lawyers practice uh, criminal law mm-hmm. uh, how you have to shame the victim or uh, whatever the case is that is just it goes so far back. It goes so That's far good. back. Uh, what what connections have you have you noticed throughout the years, or just in general? I feel like the two main connections that I see is that rape culture is kind of rooted in, I mean, definitely rooted in misogyny. First of all, mm. it's like definitely just male centric, all that stuff. But then also, just with our legal system in general, we're innocent until proven guilty which means a victim of sexual assault is a liar until they're proven in until they're proven correct. Hmm. And that in itself in itself of itself is kind of bullshit. Like we treat think about law and order SVU. They have completely different methods when they're dealing with them in the criminal cases. In the law, however, it's a lot more kind of black and white. And so we kind of have to change that conversation I think a little bit, especially when like uh, I could think of the example Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. Again, a very toxic relationship on both parties, but think about how they are treated differently in the public eye. You know, Johnny Depp, everyone loved him. Everyone rooted for him because he's charismatic. He's, he's, you know, but then Amber Heard, she had, she was vilified. She was literally Mm. like, like they thought she was a monster. You know, she was emotionless. She was too emotional. She was, you know, this or that. And it's that in and of itself is kind of how, a lot of its practice in the law anyways, because they're considered unwinnable cases. Mm. Um, so a lot of like lawyers won't even take them on because they have to think about their money. They have to think about legacy. They can't really make money off of it in general. Um, so, it, and it's, it's just a really complex, difficult thing to get through. Um, but we have to kind of approach it differently. We have to kind of like treat it a little bit differently than we would a regular case, I think in, a, in the eye of, a, of the law, I think. Yeah, I I would love for us to get to that point where we can have like look at things in context. Like the facts definitely matter, and then also the things that surrounding it is also important too. And I think that's where we also need to we need to extend that to a lot of uh, a lot of the other things that uh, people are like murder or um um even crimes of poverty in general mm-hmm. look at things in a holistic way because i remember there was this um case where this uh, man was on death row and i think he um he was executed um but he murdered a police officer and the reason he murdered the police officer is because the police officer killed his little brother and i think his mother too in front of him like he was uh living living across the street but he saw all of that happen and this he was a young a young uh i think he was 17 or something like that uh he witnessed a police officer murder his family and he responded and murdered that police officer and rather than looking at things in the context of what was going on for a 17 year old and what he witnessed at the time it was just a black and white response oh you kill a police officer you're going straight to death row no redemption no uh looking uh looking at his changed behavior seeing that he's improved gotten uh, a lot more mentally sound and everything healed from that trauma none of that came back up it's just you murdered this police officer death row and you're going to die yeah like the circumstances that led up to that matters uh the context of this person's backstory matters and until we're able to incorporate that into the legal practices i don't think there will be true justice for any person's I, I would agree with that too. And I think a lot, another thing came up as you were, as you were saying that I think a lot of the times 
monetarily lawyers go into the business of, of lawyering <laughs> the law <laughs> <laughs> because they want to make money. So yes. capitalism is another thing that kind of feeds into this as well, because like no one wants to take on these, these sexual assault cases because they're unwinnable. You can't make money off of them. Mm. No. So it's, it's like, what are we doing then? You know, it's, I think another part of it is capitalism. Yeah. And that, that reminds me of like those, those cases with like Harvey Weinstein, um, yeah. uh, privilege money. Yeah. What's his name? Bill Cosby. That's like people were going all in about their victims talking about, Oh, you're only in this for the money. And I don't think there was even a monetary thing involved in any of their cases. It was more mm-hmm. so holding them accountable for their actions. So I'm like, where, Epstein, where there was, gonna... there was a victim's fund in Epstein's situation. Oh yes, that is true. Um, I don't, but again, I don't... it's, again, it's a very layered thing. It's not always a, a one and the same thing. That is true. Like in, that's the thing that I need people to like take a step up, um, back from. And even if there is some type of monetary benefit of this person going to jail, that shouldn't mean that, that the sh- victim is a liar. Exactly. Like, can we just address these things? Because even with the uh, R-, R. Kelly situation, um, before the, like, I remember the situation with Leah because I was young enough to remember, and I didn't really put anything in context because me being a child, everybody that's, like, older than me is an adult, so I don't know how old she was. So, <laughs> but I was old enough um, to remember the situation with him being on this young girl, and I saw the video, and I'm like, that's the child. Like, she looks like my age. Like, what? This you saw the video? Wow. I did. LimeWire had it on there, and oh, I... Shit download it and <laughs> i still have never even seen the pam and tommy thing but after i saw the documentary i'm like i don't ever want to mm. that was a private moment between them True. But again the r kelly thing that's not yeah. so <laughs> they were was... that was a married couple r kelly is a predator so. right right <laughs> so it was like it was very very that like the justice system failed so many people <laughs> yeah. because of a name or because of their ability to make money and all this other stuff and or just because they are very loved and we're at a, a point now and i hope the shift continues towards holding people with wealth accountable but i i don't know how far that's going to go i i really don't but i would love to see a lot more of that i would love for people to step back from oh this is my favorite person they can't do any any wrong and acknowledge that hey this is my favorite person i hope if they did do something wrong that they're held accountable so let's see how everything goes out in court before I make my statements about, oh, they're innocent or they did not do this. And this reminds me of the situation with Meg the Stallion, where it was clear since when she was shot that this stuff happened, but you have all this misinformation saying, oh, she wasn't shot. This is only for money. This blah, blah, blah. I'm like, she makes more money than this man. There was, (laughs) there was people who saw the thing. Exactly. And then the one who flipped on the, the one who flipped on her, Mm-hmm. That was money, I'm sure, from Tori. Right. So I'm like, rather than looking at the facts that are right there in front of you, we are going to demonize one women, and we're all, especially black women, and or we're just going to follow this person because we are part of their fandom. No, let's not do that. No. Yeah. Whew, okay. Wow. But I will. Le- I will leave it on on this last statement here, and I'm probably mm-hmm. going to butcher it, but. Do the you? arc of time bends towards justice. Oh, you didn't butcher that. That's you did that right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long road, but it arcs towards justice. Yes, yeah, a very long road. I needed to like shake up a little bit, speed up, but I feel like if it speeds up, we'll be in the sun right now. So I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so you ready for some never have I ever? Let's do it. So never have I ever had sex on a boat. I have not. I was trying to think. (laughs) (laughs) My grandparents had a boat, but I never had sex on it. So I'm like, have I been on a boat since my grandparents? No, I have not. So I have not had sex on a boat. I have not either. I need to. Um, I don't want it to be like a cruise ship because I don't count that as a boat. I want it to be... 
like a fishing boat. I I don't mind being out in the middle of the lake and just like, just like, what are you guys doing out there? Mind your fucking business. What about a houseboat? We're fishing. I'd say a houseboat. Okay. I guess. I guess. (laughs) I can't be out on the sea fucking, Demi. (laughs) A a, a, a sea (laughs) dew? Okay, I don't know what a sea dew is. A jet ski. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I will not have sex on a jet ski at all. <laughs> I would be so scared <laughs> if I accidentally just <laughs> hit the throttle. Oh, we're both dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't, Ooh, we hit I a can... dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> They're rapists anyway, so fuck them. <laughs> I do like dolphins, though. They're cute. Um... You ready for a would you rather? Yeah, let's do it. So would you rather watch a girl on girl video or watch a guy on guy video? Give me something else. We know. Right, yeah. <laughs> I have to ask somebody straight for that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you have to ask someone bisexual for that. Oh, that. Or pansexual. Now, you know, now, uh, okay, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to answer that one. But um, <laughs> would you rather... Would be funny if I said girl on girl, though. <laughs> I would be intrigued. I'd be like, okay, let's talk about that. Let's dive into it. <laughs> so would you rather only be able to have sex in cars or only be able to have sex in the shower? Sex in the shower. Ooh. I like shower I... sex. Shower sex is very hot. See, I hate shower sex. I it could be a little distracting. It could be a little distracting, I think. But I, number one, you don't really have to clean out. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I don't. I don't like. I, I. I've had car sex before. Um, I've had shower sex before, and I, I'm just thinking, which one do I hate less? <sighs> so I used I'll, to have a lot of car sex when I was um, uh, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I lived in like a kind of a small town. We, mm-hmm. we had to like go out to like the orange groves and like go out to like the, <laughs> the nowhere places and go like fuck in the dark alley, you know? Yeah. In the little spots. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would go with, I would have to go with shower sex because if it's, it's not a shower, big if, shower. Yes, a big shower. If, it, if it's not like a, uh, like a semi, I don't want to know. Like, I can do that. Truck bed, yes, I can do that. But a car, mm, no, I don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, I don't. Mm. Car sex just, I. We're too old younger. for car sex. Exactly. If I was We're younger, yeah, I would do it. But I've experienced the life of having my own apartment. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't want to go back to like, Mm-mm. public play i'm okay with like I, i'm still not no like those people who like to have sex in the gym i can't do that i'm sorry i'm here to work out i i don't want to randomly walk into the locker room and you're fucking somebody i'm disturbed at this point go yeah. home um so yeah <laughs> but there there's showers at the gym so would you, would you do a uh, shower sex at the gym or no because i'm like public I don't like public at all. It's not. I mean, if we were like on a, it's not really public, but if it's like a secluded beach somewhere, you know, that's fine. But like, I I just don't like other people in the vicinity. See, if it was a secluded beach, I wouldn't even bother even going in the shower. But at the same time, <laughs> I would not have beach sex. I, I would not go in the water to have sex because sand. I would not be on the beach itself because sand, unless I have like a, one of those, like, I forgot the name of the chairs that lay back. Um, but if I have one of those, probably so. Uh, we could have sex on the chair. But on the actual sand, sand is glass. I just have to remind people that like exactly. <laughs> it's, it's glass you don't want it in certain places you know so i that's my main thought whenever anybody mentions beach sex i'm just like mm, no i don't want glass in my ass i'm good on that i've I, I, oh that old video about i think it was a man in the jar Jar no <laughs> no trigger child oh man that was worse than fucking two girls one cup oh my fucking god that one was gnarly it was a gif at one point too it was just oh, like 
just repeatedly the guy sitting on it cracking open oh my god blood just pouring my only thing is how the hell did all of those things go viral that's the only thing i don't get like two girls one cup everyone knows about it the one the one guy one jar everybody knows about it i think it was word of mouth back then because it was like it was always like your your weird friend in high school that was like hey you ever seen this video and then they somehow knew what back alley site to get it on and then they showed you it was always like that true there was no social media back then that's that's very factual oh my we have, that means there was some people in some very dark places of the internet because <laughs> yeah. i know they weren't talking about that on neopets and that's what i was on when i was in, at this age and Not i was enjoying neopets yes neopets did you want a neopets we were probably friends <laughs> we were probably friends for real <laughs> Oh God, like that that was my life. I was that innocent kid who actually researched sex at a young age. So <laughs> Yeah. I was downloading was I was downloading JPEGs of Jessica Alba and her tits. Yes. <laughs> that were definitely photoshopped. <laughs> she was my screensaver at one point. <laughs> I had a life-size cardboard cutout of Angelina Jolie as Lara Croft in my room for like years you're definitely gay (laughs) (laughs) see i thought i was straight (laughs) or at least bisexual no i I was lorecraft it was like so beautiful in like Mm -hmm. oh the good days like i don't get it like yes she was so very fine on the cover of the game however playing the game she was even sexier. It is all bad pixelation, so I don't, I don't know how, but no, I love the she, it fun. was like, her figure was just, oh, yeah. We were friends. Uh, <laughs> definitely friends. So, uh, would you like a sex question? Let's do it. Have you ever watched another couple have sex? If not, yes. would you want to? Oh, so you have. <laughs> yeah, of course I have. How was that experience for you? Um, I felt a little left out, <laughs> but I was, I was the, the, the guest, if you will. So I was like, yeah, mm. I left after that. I was like, you know, I had, I had my time. They had their time. I'm like, all right, sayonara. Wait, so they didn't include you throughout the entire process? It was me and one and then the other and him. So I didn't go the third person. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I I've watched um couples have sex um but most of the time that was during a threesome moment too but I was purposely invited to the threesome because I'm a whole unicorn out here so I was <laughs> invited um and they were pleasing me um but I've also had like horrible threesome experiences where I didn't know that th- these two people were like a couple and they were just enjoying each other. And I'm just like, why the fuck did y'all even like, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, mm, I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge voyeur anyways. I'm like, I don't really like that a whole lot in these days, but I was kind of like, I feel like I'm like witnessing a private moment here. So I'm like, I'm, exactly. gonna, I, I'm okay with out of here. <laughs> like enjoy each other, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you like why am I here? <laughs> Was I here to spark conversation for y'all to fuck and I need to be paid. <laughs> oh well see they didn't have sex at that time. They had sex with me. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I support. <laughs> that was fun. Um and yeah, we actually had sour shower sex too, actually. That was that I was a good clean time. off. That was a good okay. time. Well, yeah, I need to like, I don't know. It's hard to find couples these days or couples who actually have like the, the... not here in LA. Everyone's a fucking couple. Oh, then. Yeah. I mean, conservative. That's boys. the problem I'm facing is the guys I'm interested in have boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God, fuck. Are you kidding? I told myself if I'm still single by like age 35, I'm just going to join somebody's relationship and just call it a day and just be happy. <laughs> Jump into like, a throuple. Yeah, like 
I find you attractive. I find you attractive. We can have sex every now and again, and let's be great. <laughs> like, let's be great. <laughs> that's it. Well, I'm almost 35, so I'm I'm veering towards them myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just go ahead and pull up app. So, how's your relationship? What are all relationships? How's that goals? going? <laughs> are you interested in having a third? What what will that look like for us? Did you already include yourself in our relationship? Yes. What would that look like for us? I, that's all I'm trying to figure out. Like, come on, <laughs> we're we're having this now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> imagine right okay so that's the episode everybody so demi do you have any last words that you would like to share with the audience yeah just follow me on social media i'm at dimitri wild on everything tiktok instagram twitter you can follow my podcast the deviant i'm sorry the podcast is hook up horror stories with demi wild you can find that on every podcast platform and you can read my blogs the deviant's guide to sex and Deviants, the Deviant Diaries. I forgot what the other one was. The Deviant Some Diaries on my website at demetriowild.com. Awesomeness. Well, Demi, thank you so much for blessing me with your presence and our, your great conversation. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course, to the audience out there, thank you all so much for listening to the Holy Liquid Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. Just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful, you are worthy of happiness and joy, you are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye! Bye! Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.